Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. And I can't get it out of my head. Cause I won't use discretion when I'm talking about obsession. Cause this is what makes me me. And I'm glad that I called ya. I'm talking about nostalgia. And this is where I wanna be. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to another episode of The Gimme with your host and resident horse girl, Kathleen DeMarle. Uh, I'm very excited to have on this week's guest. Um, he is originally a native of the Boston comedy scene, but now he is a writer and producer on Jesus and Marrow on, show, on the Showtime Network. Um, we have on the very funny and friendly and nice Josh Gondelman. Josh, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's such a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So how have things been going for you during the pandemic? Well, I think they've been going as well as possible. Yeah. That's how I'll put it. I am I'm home almost all the time, uh, working from home, which is very fortunate that my job was able to continue. And I'm here with my wife, who I love very much. And we have like kind of enough space that we can trade off being in different rooms as to yep which is uh, we you know we moved a couple of years ago to a place with one more room which like in new york city feels incredibly decadent and lavish luxury, yeah. yeah so we have this little office space that i'm in which it looks like um it's there's like a futon behind me and like one picture there's like another picture up over over there like off camera but it does look like uh i do feel like i'm in a very like divorced guy looking room <laughs> but that's just kind of like our uh you recently divorced not like when you've settled into yeah, it yeah yeah um, like you moved into your own condo and you're trying to pick up the piece yeah 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 yeah. where it's like i put it up like put i put that up so that it wouldn't just be a blank wall and because my coworkers were like hey are you okay um <laughs> but no it's very nice my my wife maris is the best and yeah. i've been cooking a lot and uh and so we've been trying to like trying to appreciate the time that we have, the extra time that we have together, even though it's under like these weird circumstances. Yeah. And it, I'm sure that you've been busy with like your new podcast and other professional stuff. So throughout the pandemic, right? Yeah, I've been, I've been really busy. I have been working full-time on Jesus and Marrow. Plus I launched my podcast, Make My Day, which is a comedy game show where there's only one contestant every week. So they're guaranteed to win. And the yeah. whole point of every game is to cheer me up. Um, so it's yeah. very, it's, it's very fun to make. And I've had some great guests. I've had John Hodgman on, Jesus and Marrow, Aparna Nancherla, uh, I almost said Mincherla. I don't know why. Aparna Nincherla. And just like really awesome people. Mina Kimes from ESPN. Like a very cool um, group. And then at the end of every episode, the winner who is like whoever is on uh, wins a $100 donation to the charity of their choice. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I listened to um, an episode with Mike Kaplan the other day. Oh and, yeah, I love yeah, and he's such a, a cool guy. And I was like, oh, I like this. This is really cool. I liked the concept a lot, um, and it you. was fun. Yeah. So the reason I brought you on this is because um, I've been talking to a lot of people about their obsessions, and I asked you originally because 
I think I knew about one of these because you post about it a lot on social yeah. media. But the other one, I probably knew about, but I, I was a little bit more surprised about. So you- I, I don't know which is which. I'm very, I'm very intrigued because I feel like people associate these two things with me so much. Like people who know me at all are like, oh, these are like the two things you like. Yeah. So when I originally brought up that uh, you were going to be a guest and I had told a couple of Boston comedians, they're like, oh, he's going to talk about sneakers, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I think that's what we're going to talk about. And then when you mentioned Dunkin' Donuts, I was like, oh, that's right. Because you're a big fan of ice, their iced coffee, big right? Big Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee fan. Yeah. yeah. And and I think like sneakers, I'm a more recent, like I kind of still feel like not a tourist, but like a recent um, transplant to like sneaker sure. culture. And so I try to be like respectful of that and not claim like too much authority. But I do feel like with Dunkin' Donuts, it's like in my blood. Uh, yeah. I lived like a quarter mile from three Dunkin' Donuts when I, or, you know, quarter to half a mile from three Dunkin' Donuts when I was growing up. I've lived in New York for nine years and never lived more than one block from a Dunkin' Donuts. It is yeah. like, uh, it is resonant throughout my life. So let's start with the Dunkin' Donuts thing first then. So you must have, I mean, Dunkin' Donuts is a regional brand in reality. <laughs> so is it is your attachment to Dunkin' Donuts their products or is it the nostalgia of Dunkin' Donuts? I don't, I don't think I say nostalgia, but I understand what you're saying. It It is the product. I prefer Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. It is my preferred okay. iced coffee for sure. Um, I would take it over any other chain and most, uh, most like small, I mean, this sounds bad to say, but most like individual independent coffee shops. I prefer their, the Dunkin' Ice Coffee. I, it, it's not the best place to hang unless you're like an 87 year old man and it's six yes. in the morning. And then there's no better spot. Yes. Uh, but I, it's not like, you know, when I have friends, I, I it's not to the point where like when a friend is like, hey, let's get coffee. I'm like, let's go to Dunks and just chill post up there for an hour. Um, but I, it is my preferred coffee. It is also very, it's familiar. It feels mm-hmm. like home. It's like the first coffee I routinely drank. Yeah. Um, like when I started, I, I didn't start drinking coffee and it was still, even then it was like almost exclusively iced coffee until I was in like my mid 20s okay. when I was um in the Boston area and then I was teaching preschool um in the day that's when preschool happened during the day yeah and so I would you know I would be out at like the Walsh Brothers great and secret show um or you're at some show to then go teach in the morning yeah. um I guess when when the Walsh Brothers were still there it was when I was teaching elementary school Spanish uh because they, they left in like 2007 but like um Sorry to ramble, but yeah. No. So it's just like, it's less nostalgia and more just like, you know how sometimes you have a thing first and you're like, I guess that's what that thing is like. Yeah. And then you compare everything else. To right. That. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's like Dunkin' Donuts to me is the prototype for iced coffee. Right. And so like all other iced coffee exists in comparison to Dunkin' Donuts. Sure. For me. Yeah. Then I guess my question is, like, how do you feel about Duncan expa- like changing their brand and expanding? Like, is it? Do you think it it just is with the times? I mean, they're they're not Dunkin' Donuts anymore. Now they're Duncan. They're just right? Duncan, yeah. yeah. Which I think is fine. My hot take about Dunkin' Donuts or Duncan is that their savory food 
is better than the sweet food. Like the donuts are serviceable. The munchkins are pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's like a nice treat, the little donut holes. Yeah. But, um, you know, the donuts, there are some that are better than others for sure. I like the blueberry cake. That's to me, that to me is like the top tier, the top tier. Dunkin' okay. Donut. Yeah. Yep. The blueberry cake donut. I like the, the original, um, the, you know, there's a, a couple others that are like up there. And then, you know, the kind of like frosted ones just are less like to my taste. Sure. Um, but I do think like they're beyond sausage sandwich. I got once cause I was at Penn station and I was already getting a nice coffee and I was about to take the Amtrak to, I think it was to Boston, but maybe I was going to fill um, for a show or something. And I was like, oh, this seems kind of substantive and it's not meat. And then I don't have to like go to a second place and like within Penn Station and wait for food there. And so I got it. I was like, oh, this is surprisingly excellent. Yeah. And so I, and I've had my, with my wife um, also on Amtrak, we've had like the breakfast bowls they have that come in the little cardboard cup. Okay. And those aren't too bad either. It's, you know, like a little egg and, sausage thing and it's not too bad but um and and i think it's just like so i i think as long as they kind of stay in the zone of like breakfasty foods they'll be okay i don't love when places like i think they i don't know if they still do but for a time they had like tuna salad and i was like i don't know who that's for no I don't think that's for anybody. Yeah, I don't think so either. I remember when they came out with, it was like tuna salad. And I want to say they like tried to do like pizza. I don't know, something else. And I was like, yeah, they had like some lunchier options, right? That were like tuna salad on a croissant or like a, yeah, like a, um, uh, maybe there was a chicken salad too. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I feel like you want your tuna salad like fresh (laughs) or a chicken salad like you don't want it feeling like it came in like a tub that's the size of like a bathtub and 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 it's they just kind of crack it open once a day when someone comes in and is like i'd like the tuna salad please dunkin donuts employee and they're like why (laughs) so yeah they're no they're like in this lane of breakfast and then they were trying to shift into like an all-day menu which i think a lot Mm -hmm. of people were probably just very confused by yeah well it goes it's a place some places have gone the other way too right like subway started doing breakfast sandwiches and i was like that's i don't if i'm in a subway before noon (laughs) it's just like what how how have i structured my day (laughs) yeah so what's your usual order when you go into a dunkin donuts then I usually get, I usually will get a medium iced coffee, whole milk, one pump of the sweetener. Yep. Um, that's my usual. I've, I sometimes if I'm like real beat or you know, no have a long day ahead of me, I'll get a large with whole milk, and maybe I'll just say like sugar and just like see how jazzy they get with it. Yeah. You know, because if you say milk and sugar, there's like a, a standard amount that they give, which is like more than I need in a medium, yeah. but like it's a little bit better proportioned in a large. I do feel like they are notorious for like over sweetening and or like putting in too much. In the Boston area, especially, I think. I think it's more in New England than it is in like auxiliary satellite stores. Because yes. like in, this is the thing people don't realize. If you if you go into a Dunkin' in Massachusetts and you go, could I have a, a like a large regular? Regular means cream and sugar. Right. Which is like not what that means 
to anyone else else anywhere else what is they they regular like there's not a regular you mean black right and the only similar thing i can think of is i lived in the south for a while and Mm -hmm. it's like if you ask for an iced tea they're gonna assume that you want a sweet tea yes so like that's it's like that yeah yeah yeah, for sure it's 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 like analogous absolutely and so um i do think they like the new england ones kind of go overboard a little bit and then there's the like the light and sweet order which i think is also regional right which is like extra milk extra sugar like give me give me a large regular light and sweet (laughs) it's like um and i love it i like love it reminds me of kind of the the secret menu in and out burger stuff that people on the west coast have yeah and i feel like there's just kind of like that like a, a lesser version of that at duncan Mm-hmm. Where there's just like a couple code words that aren't written down anywhere. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's just like part of what you know to ask for regionally. So I have to ask, have you ever witnessed anything like w- wild happening in a Dunkin' Donuts? <sighs> Gosh, I don't know. Nothing comes to mind. Okay. And I've gone to, I used to live when, um, when I moved to the city, I lived around the corner with with some other former you know some other boston to new york transplants and we lived like around the corner from a 24-hour dunkin donuts i think either that or they just kind of open and closed at their own whims because yeah. it was open like whenever um and and then i i would go I, this is one my one of my greatest new york city accomplishments was i used to work on the west side and, and uh, of the, of Manhattan. And it was like uh, almost a half mile walk from the nearest subway station. So for a while, I usually I will get a, a, a nice coffee, get on the train and drink it on the train on my way to work. But for a while I was getting on the train, getting off and going to the Dunkin' Donuts right by the train station and then just having the coffee for my walk. And okay. so I was in like kind of the heart Maybe not the heart. That that's a little overselling it. But a super busy neighborhood in Manhattan, and near Columbus Circle, and so just like tourists, uh, commuters, people coming in and out of the city on business, um, just very busy. And they knew my order because I was so consistent there, and I felt very proud. I I'm always proud to be a regular. Yes. Especially because I don't think I'm like. A pushy customer so like i don't think they're like oh it's this guy again we better get it right or he's gonna scream at us like yeah. that's not my disposition they're just, like i would walk in and and they do it they do it at our place i mean pre-pandemic it, where <laughs> the place in my neighborhood they would see me come in and like have my coffee ready by the time i got to the counter oh, and man. which i thought was i always felt very like a part of the neighborhood yeah if that makes sense i'm like yeah you know i, I was like I try to tip reasonably and like be a good citizen and a good customer. But that always made me feel very like, cause I never was like, have it ready when I'm in here. or You'll never see this face again, kid. Like it's never, it was never something I demanded, but I always feel very like seen and noticed and like part of the fabric of something when something like that happens. Yeah. I think I became a regular at my uh, Starbucks across from work and then I was like, oh, I'm spending too much money at this Starbucks. Mm-hmm. That's why they know who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is. I, I kind of let myself off the hook for that expenditure. Because it's like I would do one a day. Yeah. And and if you're just getting a nice coffee, it's not like a fancy, no. drink. Sure. No. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's yeah. I would say, you know, like a, I think a fancy, like a big fancy Starbucks drink is probably like twice as much as like Wait, a medium iced coffee. Yes, yeah. 100%. So since we're talking about other brands, if you had, if you were forced into not being able to go to a Dunkin', do you have a backup brand that you prefer? Like, are you? I'm pretty agnostic otherwise. Okay. Like, I'm a real, yeah, I'm a real, uh, uh, turncoat I guess like I'll do I'm I'm I have no allegiances outside of Dunkin like Starbucks I feel like is pretty um widespread and standard but I don't Mm -hmm. think it's even my top choice like I think if I'm in like a Midwest airport well here's the other thing the Starbucks in every airport has the longest lines yes it's unbearable and they're they I think they probably have like prime real estate too. Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. This is a conspiracy theory I have. There's some kind of back back room deal where the Starbucks people get the best location, like right outside of you go through security and and there's a Starbucks or it's right by the terminal. But I, I prefer depending on where I am, I'll, I'll like walk further and like go like, Oh, there's a Pete's. And I like, like, I prefer that anyway, but it is always a way shorter line. Yeah. Well, and I think the Starbucks in the airports usually don't have the same quality of product. Like it's mm. just, you can tell that it's different. I, I don't yeah. know. I have an opinion that their Please. bagels are, their bagels are different. Oh yeah. I feel like the pastry, I, I think that's kind of across the board at like mm-hmm. airport places. Like unless you find one place that's like very devoted and probably like a local, like an outpost of a local eatery, sure. like the, like an airport Shake Shack or something. Right. Um, I, I feel like the product you're going to get is like a little turned over a little less frequently. And maybe this is just like my own being cranky at the airport. Um, but I do, I think you're right. Like if you go to just like um, generic airport coffee shop, the like bagel you're going to get is just like a loaf of bread carved into the shape of a bagel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so in the news, I saw this today. I'm sure it got released recently, a couple days ago, but Duncan just announced that they have a ghost pepper flavored. Yes. I was hoping donut. you would bring this up. Yeah. So What's it's like your ghost take pe- on that? I'm excited to try it. I've heard it's horrible. Um, can't wait to try it. Almost did it tonight. Uh, almost got it tonight. But I, speaking of freshness, I was like, you know, I, I'll probably get a newer one if I go tomorrow before I start work, yes. like as a treat in the morning to get me out of bed. Um, and I'll give it a shot. But yeah, almost did it tonight after dinner as like, oh, I could get a little ghost pepper donut dessert. I think they launched today and I looked on my app to see if they were available at the the Duncan down the block for me. And they, they seem to have them. So I'm very excited to try this uh, completely unnecessary, large, like unappealing sounding uh, food item. Yeah, it, it seems to me it's almost like a like a promo grab or something there. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a Halloween seasonal thing. I think they're going to have it through December, which like, you know what everybody loves around Christmas time is just a, a spicy donut. (laughs) Just like my, just like Nana used to make. Yeah. We would, we would go out every Hanukkah. Well, cause donuts are like a Hanukkah thing. Okay. But I don't think I've never, I, 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 I don't know. Um, any Jews to be like, yeah, we, we spice up the donuts around. Yeah, we it is. The... And I understand the spicy and sweet mix, but it mm-hmm. also just seems like just wildly out of like left field. It's too ambitious for what yes. Duncan is. It would be like if they said that they would start, we're starting to do like souffle. And you're just like, yeah, yeah. this is not your lane. Yeah. 
Now we're like oysters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, if like a small regional brand, like for example, if Cane's Donuts was like, "Hey, Mm -hmm. we're doing a ghost pepper donut," that I would trust more because they're regional and they do more handcrafted stuff. But like Duncan coming out with that, I'm like. I need other people to taste test this first. Yeah, totally. I I will do that and I'll get back to you. Um, I'm very excited about it. Yeah. I well, because like I also am just like, why would I not try that? Yeah. I, I have a dollar fifty. Like yeah, I can like a, I can risk it. Yeah, it's 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 cheap enough that you can risk it and then give your opinion and yeah. yeah, it's not like a it's not like a, one of those steak challenges where you're oh, like, God. okay, if you finish the steak, it's free, and if you don't, it's a hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like, I'm excited to try it. I do like. So I will also say, after Duncan, it goes like local place. That's like what yeah. I usually try to do. Um, I I like you know, or a smaller chain. Like we have a a I. Like there's some blue bottles around mm-hmm. New York that I that I like pretty well, and yeah. but like or you know there's um we used to live in Williamsburg and there was a place called the West that was like right around the corner and and I would go there and work and like had a great you know like just a it had the place had good vibes I was friendly with the staff it was a very yeah. nice place to go so like that's the kind of thing that I like value it's like Duncan as my primary coffee and then after that is like a good spot that has coffee that i like and then um and then after that it's just like sure where where wherever yeah pete's caribou um i'm trying to think of the other ones the big crap i I feel i feel like you've probably gone into a tim hortons at some point i've been to a tim hortons sure yeah Yeah. well tim hortons i feel like is because there are so few in the states Mm -hmm. but I, I used to go back when you could go places. I would go to Toronto basically once a year for comedy. And there were there's a lot of Tim Hortons like right by the hotel and like all over the place. And yeah. I like a Tim's. And it's the same kind of thing. It's like the kind of place like you go in, grab your stuff, you go. It's not like a big hangout spot. Yeah, but I think it would it would have the similar eighties eighty year old crowd. Like they probably I bet they, have, I bet they do. They probably do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So switching topics over yeah. to your other more recent obsession, which I is... have a segue. You do okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have Duncan so, sneakers? I do. Oh, I got a pair. Um, they Saucony for a while every year was doing like a pair of Duncan branded sneakers around the time of the marathons. They were like running shoes okay. uh, around the time of the Boston Marathon. And I got hooked up by a friend who does some PR stuff for Saucony. And it they're so comfortable. They're like, they're so ridiculous looking. Yeah. I love, I love them. They're, it's like one of the only brands, like there's lots of stuff I like. That's like a dumb thing to say. But you know, there are many like things that I l- enjoy that I would not wear the like full branding on a item yeah. of clothing. I would say yeah. most things. And uh, that is, um, I, I'm like, I'm happy to wear them because I, I'm such a Duncan, you know, I'm sure whoever owns it is like a, a very rich person and does not share a lot of beliefs that I have. But I do think like I'm, I'm such a fan of the product and it has meant so much to me over the years that like, I do love these shoes. They're super comfortable. They're like orange and pink. They say Dunkin' Donuts. There's like a little, like a lace holder kind of rivet on the, like right by the toe, like on the last, you know, the, the straight across lace that's at the bottom that doesn't cross. It's, it's like a little, um, donut. That's like a, 
almost like an enamel pin, but like oh, a donut. Wow. Yeah, it rules. I love it. They're like some of my prized uh, possessions. I'm surprised Duncan hasn't reached out to you to be like a brand ambassador or something. They've sent me a little stuff here and there. Yeah. Um, I I pitched them, a friend of mine and I, my friend Caitlin and I pitched them a podcast a couple of years oh. ago because we were like, we want to do a podcast about the history of Dunkin' Donuts and like the cultural resonance of Dunkin' Donuts from like its inception in Quincy yep. to how it's like into the place they're individually franchised. We want to talk to a bunch of individual franchise owners. We want uh, franchise owners. We want to talk to like, um, the, it, they, they sponsor like New York sports and Boston sports, yeah. which blew my mind when I moved here. It's like, we wanted to talk to like Eli Manning and Gronk about Duncan. Um, and then it's just like, then there's like the celebrities who like Ben Affleck is such a Duncan loyalist and it's so endearing to me about him. Yeah. I find that so charming. Well, and then there was that whole big thing that Giselle Bunchen eats like munchkins. Like she, there was a whole article. I didn't know that. It. Yeah. There was a whole and thing. Tom, and Tom Brady's like never even had a strawberry. He yeah. Says. I was like, this is definitely because there's some sort of deal between them, you know? Yeah. 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 No doubt. But like I, they've been, the, the Duncan people have, have reached out, but it's not like they've bought my loyalty. Like they sent me like, you know, some little merch stuff and like, and some gift cards, which I appreciate. And I'm, I'm just like a big, fan i was a big, like they didn't send it to me and i was like all right i'll use this junk i was like oh this is great a product i use all yeah. the time yeah um so with the sneakers when did you start getting into that kind of stuff it was um gosh it's probably been like five five and a half years so in 2015 i was I, I so in twenty summer of twenty fifteen, I had just done a comedy club weekend at Caroline's opening for Ron Funches, okay. who's so funny, and Yasser Lester was on all the shows as well, and he's so funny, and they both had like great shoes and like not even the same shoes, you know, they both came from. I think they both came from LA. Maybe Yasser was already in town writing for girls, but like they. Uh, they had different shoes on a couple of different shows. And I was like, these shoes are all great. I, I think it's so cool. And then I was like, you know, maybe uh, I'll, next time I have like something to celebrate, I'll like buy a pair of cool shoes. Okay. And, and so I did, I, we got the last, I was writing for last week tonight with yeah. John Oliver at the time. And soon after that, we got nominated for an Emmy, which mm -hmm. was really exciting. And I was like, cool. And I bought these Jordan ones that, um, which are kind of like when you picture like basketball shoe, like I'll, I think like one of the top five images that populates your brain is probably a Jordan one. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, they're, they're, they're not super sleek. They're like almost like a, like the shape of a converse chuck taylor all-star but just like thicker like leather instead of canvas yeah they're like, like a high top right like yeah. A, definitely yeah high top yeah like almost like almost boot size with a the big swoosh on the side okay um and how did you like how did you come to pick this pair so this is the thing about me is that i have bad taste um a jordan <laughs> one is classic it's like one of the most classic i you know of all sneakers it's one of the most classics like the 
when they retro like classic colorways of them, they sell out immediately. They go on resale for a ton of money sometimes. Um, but I, so I liked that. I liked, I was like, oh, it's like a Jordan one. It's a classic. But I got this pair that's like a forest green and a bright pink. There was like a Russell Westbrook, okay, um, Russell Westbrook signature Jordan one. And I liked it because I was like, why would I want like, why would I want to spend more money than usual on sneakers? I, and for years I would just wear like Saucony jazz, like blue and gray, like two shades of blue, one shade of gray Saucony jazz. And they were affordable and you could find them anywhere. Yeah. And I knew that like when I bought them, I knew that I was a straight size 10 and like it didn't, you know what I mean? Just easy. And I, and it felt like part of the like Charlie Brown uniform or like, whatever cartoon Bart Simpson always wearing the same clothes it felt like part of the uniform of like getting dressed as me for the day and so I bought these Jordan ones and and I had been like branching out a little bit like I had some Adidas Sambas that were like a little different a little um you know a little different colorway uh comfy not super flashy again very you know very affordable shoe which I was like was meant a lot because like until 2014 I was either teaching preschool or freelance tutoring, writing, and just like wasn't making a lot of money, didn't have yeah. like the bandwidth for an expensive hobby at all. Sure. So it was like function, price, um, and then reliable, right? Like I didn't, I'm, I've been like a fussy, like when I was a kid, a kid, I was like fussy about sneakers. So I could try them on, I'd be like, oh, I hate these. These don't feel good. I don't want these. Yeah. Um, so I would get, find a couple like silhouettes of shoe that I was like, okay, I can reliably have like a pair of each of these. And one can be for like if it's raining or if I want to or, work or out. Or you have like a back stock of the same yeah. shoe or something like that. Yeah, like two, yeah. but it would be like two pairs plus a pair of dress shoes, pair of winter boots was like okay. my rotation. Yeah, maybe maybe sandals. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm not a big sandal person. So anyway, I saw so classic silhouette the Jordan one classic classic shoe, but I was like if I'm gonna do this like. I want it to be like a fun thing. Like I want these kind of bright colors because why would I like kind of take this bigger swing if it wasn't going to be something that I was like, you know, that I felt was like a little, had a little more flair to it. Sure. Um, there are these shoes that are like kind of a, a hip thing called, the brand is called Common Projects. Okay. And they're very simple. I guess they're made of very nice leather. That's part of it. Um, they're like Italian leather and they have, the kind of signature thing about them is that they're stamped like in like gold leaf stamp with like a serial number on on the back. And other than that, they're a very kind of standard looking low top sneaker with, with no other branding on it. And the, and it's like a luxury brand though. It's like a boutique sneaker brand Mm -hmm. and they run for like 400 bucks. And to me, that's like, that's so much money to spend on a thing that is like, nice but you can get an absolutely serviceable version of that for like one fifth of the price yeah um or there's the ones the gold golden goose have you seen those where they just oh my god yeah my uh my boss her daughter was obsessed with golden goose and she's like it's so expensive they're so expensive yeah and they look beat to hell that's like the thing about them is that they look beat up like they're distressed um and again that's just like not what I'm interested in uh, as like an aesthetic. Like I I think for me, I'm like a fairly conservative dresser, like a lot of jeans, slacks, cardigans, 
band t-shirts and button downs, you know, like pretty plain crew neck sweatshirts a lot of the time. And so I think like, because I dress so like, I'm not a flashy dresser. I like a flashy sneaker. It makes me kind of feel like, oh, like I'm doing a little thing. Yeah. And that makes sense as opposed to having like, I don't know, a million flashy things and then also having a flashy shoe. I was actually going to ask if you made outfit choices around the shoes that you wear. I definitely do. I mean, not always, but definitely like if I'm planning an outfit for something, I will, I will maybe not start with the shoe, but I will make sure the shoe is like complimenting. Like definitely when I've done stand up on TV, I've like worked around the sneaker. Like when I last, last year, God, who knows? Last year, a year and a half ago, I did the, the late, late show with James Corden and I was like thinking, I thought, I think a lot about the outfits. I got this, this advice from uh, the first time I did, I did stand up on TV from Gary Goldman, who's the greatest. And he gave me so many good pieces of advice, you know, about like the performance and like doing a walkthrough and just like where to point your eyes in the studio and like just so like how, where to deliver the jokes, just like so much good advice. But one thing that stuck out to me that, that nobody else that I went to for advice said was like, Oh, if you have a little money to spare, like if if you can afford it and, and you're not like banking on this check from the TV appearance to like make rent, get some new clothes that make you look and feel good because television is a visual medium. And I was like, oh yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So I I had a pair of slacks that I that I already that I already owned and I was looking for a new cardigan. So I like bought a kind of an olive green cardigan that I've since lost in an Uber in LA. Oh, no. I know. It was just Uniqlo. It was like 25 bucks or something, but like I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, so I got this cardigan. I wore a I think it was like a blue chambray shirt and and I and navy slacks and I had these um and I got to like complement the outfit these uh purple Nike SB Dunk. So it's like a low, low top skateboarding shoe with kind of a fat tongue, um, broad base. And it's purple with the, the inside of the shoe that you can kind of see on the tongue poking out and around the ankle is like a purple and white, like, um, checkerboard, like, uh, like picnic blanket or tablecloth pattern. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like purple and white checks. And I got those off of, I think StockX, like on resale. And I was, and they've gotten like so much more expensive in the past year. I would not get them now just cause it's like, it would make me too queasy, but I was yeah. like, look, I'm going on television. It's an, and I can get these shoes. I will feel like the shoes will always remind me of getting to do this fun and exciting career thing. And it will look good on TV. Yeah. And so I do like when I have stuff like that, I, I will think about it. And like, yeah. I do think about like matching sneakers to an outfit and I have enough sneakers now where like, it feels like a reasonable thing to do. Like the way you would go, oh, well, I'll wear a shirt that matches these pants. Like I have shoes that match sure. all my other very plain clothes. Yeah. So I usually yeah. try to do that. So do you wear these, like most of your sneakers on a daily basis or do you, Are I mean, some of these people like keep a lot of their sneakers just for special occasions. Mm-hmm. Like, is that what you're doing? I think, I mean, I think they're for wearing for sure. And I have a couple pairs that I wear less frequently or like I won't wear them if I know I'm like walking through a park. But uh, I try to to wear them. I try to wear my shoes in a way that's like, these are clothes. And I 
to be precious about them is like a little weird. Like I try to be respectful, like, well, I invested in this and the same way I wouldn't like wear, um, you know, wear a suit if I like a, a, my best suit out of one or <laughs> maybe two, you know, but yeah. like whatever, I wouldn't wear a suit to like go to a baseball game or sure. something. Uh, I, there's like, I try to, to be mindful of like not messing them up too badly yeah. or I can avoid it. But also it's like, it doesn't, why would I just keep them in a box forever? Yeah. My, um, my bosses get like, you know, they, they have like hookups with Nike cause they wear nice shoes on TV all the time. And Jesus behind him on the show has like his wall of sneakers that he changes all the time. It's like in these, like, I have the same boxes, the clear plastic yep. boxes. So you can see the shoe in them and you can just pull them out. But like, it's sensible store. It's him at the container store. Uh, but Jesus like sits in front of when, when he's shooting the show from home in front of this wall of sneakers and Mero, you know, gets them in the mail as well. And Mero was talking recently about like these limited edition Dunkin' Donuts skateboard shoes that like ben, that were a collaboration with Ben and Jerry's. Oh. Um, yeah, they're called the Chunky Dunkies and they've got like That's cow so print on it. They're so bright. They're yeah. like real silly and fun. Um and he I I like tried to get them and couldn't and they sent it to him and he like I think skated with them, you know, like cuz they're skate shoes and he's like yeah. Yeah, I skated them and like because they're shoes and I wore them and and that's what I do. And and so like I try to have a little of that mentality and not be like, "Oh, my precious the shoes." Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not like they they are in a way like like a you know, it's it's fashion and and art there's like artistry to it, yeah. but it's also it's not like like wearing the Mona Lisa on your feet. <laughs> sure, sure. But I mean, if you're spending, I don't I mean, some of these shoes can be like thousands of dollars, yeah. right? So if you're- I have but- not spent thousands of dollars okay. on individual shoes, <laughs> but uh, there, there is a pair that I was like, man, if I ever would like, if I ever became- you know, if I ever sold the TV show to a network and and made some huge windfall, I was like, oh, it'd be tough for me to resist doing like splurging on one of these pairs. Yeah, I was gonna ask if there's like a white whale pair of sneakers, and it sounds like that would be your white whale. Kind there's of. A, there are a couple that I'm like, who that there's there's like a kind of different tiers. Like there's the tier of like, okay, I shouldn't just buy this because I want it, but like maybe on my birthday, I will spend a little extra money to get this. Yeah. And then there's the tier of like, oh, this is irresponsible. Like, <laughs> I couldn't tell my parents how much this cost because they would disown me. <laughs> so um, I have I think I've really only made like one purchase that's up in that territory. Sure. Yeah. And it was, I got, um, it was a pair of like off-white, the Virgil Abloh's design company okay. uh, a pair of nike air max 90s the running shoes and i had to buy them off resale and like the whole it was for the premiere when jesus and Mero premiered in uh, okay. on showtime and so all the writers bought like a new pair of shoes and i was like oh. all right i'll splurge on these but we very yeah we all kind of went in and it was very fun um so how many pairs of sneakers do you have in your collection now then do you think oh gosh it's probably 45 at this point right around 45 yeah okay Mm -hmm. and have you do you resell any of your sneakers or have you kind you I mean you wear them right so you're not I do and and like if if I have too many yep and I'm like 
oh, I, and like, I try to be pretty mindful of like, oh, I never wear this pair. It like is uncomfortable or mm-hmm. whatever. Like it, or it, I just bought it, like bought it offline and it doesn't fit me super well. Or I, whatever, wore it a few times. It just like, I never reach for it for whatever reason. I will either donate or, or you know, like I scuffed it up a little bit. Like yeah. I scuffed it up more than like, oh, it's, these are nice, but like, I'll I'll donate them when, when we're donating old clothes, or I'll like give a pair to a friend, or sure. you know I I I like don't want to get into it for the purpose of like flipping shoes for money. It's just like yeah. I don't need like an extra extra job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I want to make it just about like what do I like to wear? That's what I'll buy if I can, you know, if I can afford it and I have access to it. Yeah, I see a lot of, uh, at least my friends on uh, comedians, there's a lot of comedians mm-hmm. that are into sneakers. Absolutely. It's, I think it's a big, it's a bigger thing than I, I realized amongst male comedians, especially. But um, I see a lot of people posting these like, got them. And it's like these. Oh, Nike yeah, yeah, posts, yeah. You know? Yep. I like that because so that's like from the Nike app the sneakers app, which is like famously difficult to like, like they drop a lot of pairs that are like very difficult or the app crashes or that like you just wait for 10 minutes and then you click buy and then it's like, sorry, sold out. Sold out. And, yeah. uh, and so the got, the got is like such a visible, uh, like classic side of like, Hey, I got it. And it also means that you didn't buy them on a resale market for like right. a ton of money, right? Like, I mean, they can be pretty expensive on the app, but like it's the difference between, oh, I got these uh, Jordan ones for 160 bucks instead of like, oh, I bought them two days later off of someone online for like 350 or like 500 or something. And it seems like that's common with what happens is people buy them and then they automatically go up in price because they have a limited quantity that they're mm-hmm. selling yeah i think there's kind of a forced scarcity with a lot of it and there's so many so much of the the purchasing online is like controlled by bots now which is oh, so weird the way like weird. concert tickets are at times like they just like you have you pay for a bot like you pay a programmer for access to this bot and they and then you get faster access to things like because it's faster than like a person can like Interesting. I didn't yeah. even think about that with the sneakers. Yeah, it's such a thing. I was just talking to, do you know Casey Malone? Yeah. He and I, because he was telling me that that's like, that happens with like video game stuff now too. And the oh, frame wow. of reference that people were using was like, oh, it's like how people buy sneakers now. Yeah. But like, I, I'm not only like, I think I kind of painted a picture of myself as like someone who's into like the kind of fancy high-end stuff, um, which like I have an appreciation for. But again, I have like kind of, Bad t- Okay, so circling back to this, if you don't yes. mind. No um, I like stuff that's like a little loud and a little bright and like isn't always the I, I kind of like a um a garish version of like the classics. And yeah. so I love like I've had over the last five years like a few different pairs of like kind of weird fabric Stan Smiths. The, okay. the Adidas shoe, which like the classic is just like white on white with yes. kits of green on the tongue and the heel. Yep. But they, I just got a pair that is kind of an off-white sole and then beige corduroy is the upper. I saw, this was very recent, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I just got them. And and they kind of, they came out recently and I was like, do I really need to buy a pair of shoes right now? And then Adidas did like a 30% off sale just for all, any shoes in October, like 
you know, except for the super limited ones they were doing. Right. But like it was 60 bucks or something. And I was like, I love these. And so it's not just like, oh, I sit and wait until I can get the, um, the Travis Scott Jordans that are reselling for like over a grand now. Right. It's like, Oh, I love this, this like shoe that I got on sale for 60 bucks or I got, um, Oh, this pair of, I, I mean, I, uh, because of his, his break with the Celtics, I don't, I, I feel like I can't buy Kyrie's anymore, but I had a couple pairs. I have a couple pairs that I was just like, these are awesome. And they like look ridiculous and they're, they're so fun. And I bought them like right when they dropped and it was, you know, 120 bucks or something, Yeah, which is, which is not nothing, but it's also like, it's, it's not the kind of, um, I, I, I was happy to have them and like, they were yeah. kind of cornerstones in my collection, even, even though they're not like super sought after. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice to hear that you aren't necessarily like brand loyal or brand specific. It sounds like it's more of like a vibe or style of yeah, the shoe. I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, the shoes I have are primarily Nike and Adidas. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm like open to other stuff. I just yeah. like don't, they're just, I think the, the biggest things in the game now, just like with fashion stuff. Yeah. Um, I I do find it funny that you said you pick garish shoes because I, for a while, when I was, when I first started in in comedy in Boston, I didn't know what to wear. So I was wearing like the comedian uniform, which is like a black t-shirt and jeans. Mm -hmm. And so I started wearing, um, sequin gold sneakers and people were like those things are so ugly and i was like yeah but everybody knows i know i love that though i think these like belong to i think that's fun though and it's also like it's such a um it's such a low key way to be high key if that makes sense yeah like yeah. a bright sneaker it's so much like i mean someone like mehran who will go on stage mm-hmm. in like a like a crimson sequined blazer. Yeah. And I think that's like so striking and uh, and such like a cool, great fashion choice. But like, it's also just not how I feel like, that's not how I feel like my most myself dressing. Yeah. I feel like I'm like writing checks that my personality will not cash, would be yeah. afraid to take into a bank. Um, so I think like for me, I think there there are certain pairs that I like don't wear a ton on stage because I'm like this people I think people will like oh look make an at them assumption too much. or oh yeah. or, or just like yeah it'll just be like distracting with the rest sure. of like what I'm wearing but I do uh yeah I I do think that it is like it's a it's a signifier in some ways to like people who know what the shoes are if it's like yeah. something that I think is cool and otherwise it's just like oh this dude is wearing um you know, he's wearing like a cardigan with like purple Nikes. And so like, that's the guy he is. And yeah. which I think that is, that's kind of the guy I am. Yeah. It's just like a real, um, they're a real kind of dorky Jew face um, and, and energy, but like uh, uh, style from the ankles down. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I have to ask one more question, which is what does your wife think about your shoe collection, your sneaker collection? She's very encouraging. She is? Yes. She has thoughts. Like there are some times where I'm like, what do you think about this? And she's like, not feeling these. And I will take that into account because I think she has great taste. Uh, and, but like recently, like those, um, those Adidas, she was like, oh, I love those. You should get them right now. Yeah. Um, and so 
I, I, she's been very encouraging. It's also like, you know, whenever we do clothing giveaways, like stuff that like is, you know, out of season or just worn out or uh, I've gone up a pant size or whatever. Yeah. Uh, then I, g- I give shoes away where it hasn't gotten problematic in our house. Like it's kind of, I have this setup of those clear plastic boxes that are tucked away in one corner of the bedroom and then off to the other side where she doesn't have to deal with it. Like on my side of the bed by the windows are just like a bunch of shoe boxes stacked. And so it's not, um, it doesn't make her life hard. Uh, and so yeah, she's, and they- yeah, she's, She's and they cool. haven't overflowed into your second bedroom. That haven't overflowed in. into the office. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not. And she's also like a. She she likes sneakers, which is another thing. Like she has a few pairs that are like for, you know, for like walking or running or whatever, like active wear sneakers, yeah. and then a few pairs of like Air Force. Mostly, she's like really really gravitates towards Air Force Ones. Okay. For um, for like fun and style she has like a and you you know i'll i'll get her a pair as a gift she has like a like a purplish velvet pair and a silver reflective pair and um and then another black pair with like kind of an off-center swoosh whatever um not the point but she so she it's something that she appreciates for herself is is also part of it that it's like not something where she's like i don't understand these are hideous you should wear a grown-up shoe um and she has like our, our apartment is full of books that, okay. that she gets mailed less, fewer now, but like at the height of she, cause she works in publishing and works right now for an indie bookseller. And so she'll get like 10 books a day Ooh, in wow. the mail at its height. And she gives away a ton, but like a lot of them stick. So we've got a lot of books and a lot of dresses oh, and a lot of sneakers. And so it's kind of like our, our house, our, our apartment is very full of stuff. And yeah. like neither one of us is like, bothered by the other person's stuff which is yeah. nice. it's like i'm she i would love for her to have all the books her heart desires and all the dresses as well yeah well josh it's been so nice talking to you thanks for coming on uh where can people find you great question i am at josh gondelman g-o-n-d-e-l man on twitter and instagram um i'm not you can't find me on tiktok because i'm 35 uh <laughs> And joshgondelman.com. Like if I, I have a book called Nice Try, you can find out about that there. Um, my podcast is called Make My Day. We talked about it for a minute earlier. Uh, occasionally on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me um, on NPR. And then watch Jesus and Marrow and Showtime. But our season is almost over. But we'll be back next year. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Josh. Thanks and, for having me. Great chatting with you. Yeah. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for sticking around. Uh, Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and we'll see you next week.